episode. Oh, I almost said annual, but I caught myself. The Thank 42nd you. episode of the Havalo Havalo Travel Podcast, your podcast about everything Hawaii. I am your co-host, Kevin Allen, with me, as always. Catherine Todd Foxer with Hawaii Magazine and uh, 42. We are Very, ep- uh, episode 42. This is a big number for us. It is a big number for everything. Have you never heard of the significance of the number 42 ever? No, I don't think so. Have you ever read the book, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams? It's the answer to everything. The answer to the ultimate question of life, the universe, and everything. 42! 42. That's us! That's a good number. We are going to give you the answers to life, the universe, and everything on this podcast. We're definitely going to give you the answers to um, what is reopening. I Um, thought you wanted to talk about how hot it was first. Oh my gosh. So I had to turn my AC off to record this podcast. Um, which was a tough thing to do because it's been, it's been brutal lately. Am I wrong, Kat? Or has it been really yeah. hot? It's been, uh, it's been unbearably hot, I yeah. would say. We're, we've got our, our summer, cause I feel like every summer we get that like real mugginess, you know, that real hot mugginess for a few weeks. This is different. But this is different and it came way later. Normally by October, we're kind of out of the woods, but, um, no. yeah, this is brutal. It's blisteringly hot. It's not even, I don't think temperature-wise it's that hot. It's just that there's no wind. Yeah. I feel like that's always the problem is when the trade winds stop and then you're just left with like, you're just left with heat. This is when working in an office is a good thing. Oh, yeah, because our office is underground and AC to the max. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I miss wearing like winter clothes to the office. Yeah. I don't have to pay the electricity bill of the office, but I definitely have to pay my electricity bill. So when I run my AC for 16 hours straight, my electricity bill goes through the roof. Um, yeah, it's it's been super hot here in the islands. I went surfing. We've been both been surfing, right? It's been good. It's um, been good. The waves have been very good. I don't know if that's like just global warming, like shifting the seasons around, but um, but the water itself was very hot. Yeah, the water's warm. Like, um, it's normally when you paddle out, when you go surfing, you kind of get away from the beach and the water gets a lot colder because you're kind of further away from, you know, you know that you and I surf at very different times of the day. This is, I don't relate to this at all. Okay. Well, let let me tell you for people who surf in the afternoon, (laughs) it's so hot near the beach because a lot of people are like in the water, you know, and it really heats up the water, especially where I go surfing. But man, yesterday I went out and I paddled maybe 300 yards away from the shore just to find the cold water at a paddle at a paddle super far out. And then I had a dive of like maybe 20 feet underwater. You are so dramatic. I'm, I'm actually not lying though. It was so hot. Oh, I had to cool down, but, um, but, uh, the weather's also been incredible. Um, which is perfect for, um, the reopening of Oahu, at least kind of, this is no, such a strange a subject. It's a state. It's a state, it's, right? It's just complicated, I guess, is the best way to put it. Yeah, so I think this episode, just to give people an idea of what we're going to be talking about, we're going to be talking about uh, the state reopening to tourism, kind of, kind sort of. of. I, mean, I mean, it's not, we're just, we're just offering this pre-travel testing program um, right. on October 15, which people have just kind of taken to mean that we're reopening to... Uh, tourism because now if people do this pre-travel testing program they don't have to quarantine for 14 days when they get here uh, which obviously 
is stopping just about everyone from traveling because why would you travel anywhere and then sit in a hotel room for 14 days? Um, but it's a complicated uh, subject that we get a lot of questions about. Well, I mean, think about it. It's not, um, it's not a simple thing to organize on a state level. It is not a simple thing to enforce. I mean, that's a question that we talk about all the time, right, is how can you tell the difference between visitors who have, you know, who have the negative COVID test um, versus those who don't when they're out in the water? Like, you have no idea. Yeah. So, and how you enforce it? I mean, are people going to get, like, you know, those, what do they call those electrical, like, bracelets on their, or anklets like they do in jail? I don't know. Yeah. I have no idea how they're going to do this. It is, it is going to be um, very difficult because, you know, I think um, before, even before this, um, a lot of the HPD was very strict on um, giving out violations because I'd always heard that the reason why they were so strict about giving violations to people when um, we had stricter uh, restrictions was because they needed to make enforcement like as clear as possible. Like, oh, if you're in this park, doesn't matter if you're just walking through it or whatever, you're getting a violation because... You know, they said that the parks were, were off limits for a while. Right. Um, but, you know, when you when you add in, gosh, how many visitors would we get a day so in normally, the summer? So normally, in the summer, 000? we would get like 35,000 a day on average. And now, I mean, at one point during the shutdown, we were getting like less than a, less than 100. Yeah, uh, and those are, a lot of them are return residents who are coming home. Um, yeah, and they anticipate the numbers are going to go up to, I think we're at like 1,000 now a day. They're thinking about, by um, October 15th, it'll go up to about 5,000. But it's still vastly, you know, less than we yeah. used to have. Right? But, you know, I think um, I think the state needs it. Um, you know, we have a lot of uh, visitor. We have a big visitor industry. Um, a lot of people, their jobs are dependent on people coming to the islands. Um, so, right. um, so October 15th, um, people will be able to test if they well 72 hours before they their flight they have to take a test to see if they have COVID-19 and if that test comes in negative then they can come to the islands and or at least they can come to Oahu and not have to go through the 14-day quarantine period um, and certain airlines pretty much most of the major airlines uh, have made this a lot easier, at least for people who live in major gateway cities like San Francisco and L.A. Um, because uh, I know we wrote a story about Hawaiian Airlines. Um, you know, they're offering um, COVID-19 testing um, at like their own, you know, locations. Um, I'm actually not even too sure how like someone would just go about getting a, a COVID-19 test. I mean, is that just at like CVS or... Uh, there's, I think the state is working with um, some partners and CVS Health is one of them. Kaiser Permanente is another one. Um, and these tests have to be a certain kind of test. So we wrote a story, we'll put a link in our show notes, um, explaining to you the kind of test that's accepted. And you do have to kind of, I mean, there's a process. Like you have to fill out this online form that you, know, you answer a bunch of health survey questions. Um, and that's where you would indicate whether or not you have a, a negative COVID-19 test. And that's for everyone in your party over the age of five. So if you're traveling with anyone younger than five, um, you don't need to have a COVID test. What's crazy to me is you could be on the plane with people who didn't take a COVID test and you could get COVID on the plane. So by the time you get here, you could have COVID. It's so insane. Yeah. I don't get it. You know, 
we'll just have to wait and see, I guess. Um, but anyways, so major airlines like Hawaiian, United, Alaska, um, let's see, I have my notes here, United Airlines, Alaska, Hawaiian, and American Airlines, um, mm-hmm. they're all doing their own, uh, test offering, um, and you know, that, that'll cost extra money, um, I don't know how much a normal COVID-19 test costs, but these will cost anywhere between 90 bucks, 90 for the normal testing, but if you like, I know Hawaiian Airlines, for example, offers a very expedited test where you can get your result, results back within 24 hours. Um, so if you're like flying to Hawaii, you know, within the day, um, they offer that kind of test for, you know, double the price. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting to see um, if the islands, I guess, are, are ready for it. It's interesting timing, too, because, <clears throat> you know, it's a complicated issue and there are definitely two sides, right? People that are very pro the tourism industry because it does support a lot of our, you know, our residential workforce, right? A lot of people work for hotels or restaurants. A lot of businesses here are dependent on tourists uh, or the visitor industry. So I, I see that side. And then there's the other side that's saying, you know, hey, this is a time for Hawaii to pivot, to look at building other industries that aren't so tourism dependent, also looking at the health and safety of the people who live here, for example. Um, and I think both sides have points. I mean, I, they're, they're both valid arguments, in, in my opinion. It is an interesting time. We passed our big summer um, season, yeah. right? And summer um, was also, and we're also entering into our shoulder season. Um, and it's also entering into flu season, which is going to complicate um, COVID-19 uh, cases in general. We are also in still in tier one. Um, so yeah. visitors who are planning to come in in October should know that um, we still have two more weeks of keeping our seven day average of new cases and our average positivity rate at a certain level before we can move to tier two. Um, and so you might be coming in tier one when, you know, it's so limited as far as like how, how many people you can gather with or what's open and what's not open. Um, so that's a, that's an interesting kind of wrinkle. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, for example, tier one is pretty restrictive. Um, you know, like right now, um, we can't go and dine out with people who are not living in the same household as us. Um, and you know, at a lot of restaurants, uh, my girlfriend and I, for example, we go to Wyoli Tea House every Saturday. It's become a tradition. Um, but now we have to, uh, fill out a sign in sheet where they, you know, you write down your name and your address and you got to make sure it all, it all lines up. Um, so, you know, that could be a real bummer for visitors. You make a friend, you make some friends during your visit, but you know, you can't go dine in with them because then, I mean, I guess you are technically are not a part of the same household, which I don't know if that makes sense either, because I mean, you're also both on vacation. So (laughs) Like, what is it, what does it matter, I guess? But, you know, that's just the kind of restrictions we currently, you know, have. And not Mm -hmm. every business type of business right now is open. Um, Well, that includes short-term rentals. Uh, Right now in tier one, short-term rentals are not supposed to be operating too. So that does kind of limit um, where your accommodation options. And not not all hotels are going to be open too in October, right? Yeah, you you are correct. Um, So right now, I mean... You know, the hotel industry, if anyone wants to get back to work, it's it's the hotel industry. But, I mean, they have to scramble. It's I can't even imagine, like, what it's like being a general manager for a hotel right now. Like, having to get all of your staff back and having to get everything back in order. Because, you know, a lot of our major hotels 
closed down during this period. They had to furlough all their staff, and now they got to either rehire or contact every single one of their furloughed staff and try to tell them, you know, that there's going to be a clear reopening date. Well, not only that, they have to retrain their staff because now there's different safety protocols, right? And it's a it's a different world now for visitors, and it's untested. It's not like we these hotels were operating during COVID when there were visitors here. I mean, some hotels have stayed open. Um, we were talking earlier that Kahala has remained open, for example. But you know, a lot of these other hotels, like they're they're having to come up with like protocol. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So definitely. it's a, it's a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, so uh, we have we have a few examples. I mean, I, we were, we just both did some cursory glances, but you know, even like a major hotel like the Kaanapali Beach Hotel, which I know is uh, very popular with visitors, um, they're not going to be open, you know, until December first. So right. people, you know, who want to jump right into Hawaii right on October fifteen, you know, maybe that's not a great idea because a lot of these major hotels won't be open yet. You know, um, right? A lot of people really. Um, appreciate like going to the same hotel, you know, because they um, become friendly with the staff and, you know, they end up kind of calling it their second home. And a lot of people feel that way about Kaanapali Beach Hotel. But, you know, I don't know why it could be retraining. It could be, you know, getting everyone back together. It could be coming up with these new uh, safety regulations, but they're not going to be open until, yeah, December 1st. Um, I know Pa'ia Inn, um, is will be opening on October 15. Um, so kind of on the opposite spectrum and that's a much smaller hotel. I mean, they only have maybe, you know, eight, 10 rooms. They're, they're pretty tiny. So maybe right. that's why they can uh, reopen a lot quicker. You know, they yeah, say, I think, I think a lot of the hotels are looking at November, right? Yeah. The Aulani uh, on Oahu, Hilton Hawaiian Village is looking at December, but a lot of them are looking at, I think November openings. Yeah. There are some that have no opening set dates, like, um, the Halakalani is going through renovations, so they're not going to open until 2021. Espacio Waikiki, that super fancy oh, yeah. hotel that we both wrote about, they don't have an opening date yet either. Yeah, so I think there's a lot of flux. $5,000 a night. <laughs> well, to me, if you're going to have to quarantine for 14 days, let's just quarantine at a $5,000 a night place. I mean, come on. If you've got the money, go for it. Um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah, that's actually a really good point is that... Um, I feel like a lot of hotels have decided, like, hey, now's our time to renovate because, you know, no one's coming to Hawaii right now. Um, so, yeah, a lot of hotels are just going to be closed for renovation. Right. Um, and there's actually a lot of renovation just going on, like, in general. Um, oh, yeah. Like, road work? Road work. So much road work. Everywhere. They're, they're, right now, they're deciding to just fill every pothole on Oahu. Yeah. And it's like, so there is no traffic right now because everyone is working from home. So they create traffic yeah. by doing road work. I'm like, oh, you just can't get away from the traffic. Do you know if the Magic Island um, parking lot is open yet? Cause no, it's that, not. I was it's just not, there. Right? That, that's been closed for a long time, too, again, because I think the city's really just trying to take advantage of the Yeah, they're resurfacing the parking lot at yeah. Alamana. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. You know, and I think people should also keep that in mind that, you, good thing you mentioned that, is that Hawaii isn't exactly ready i mean not i wouldn't say it's not ready not everybody's open yeah um, and a lot of businesses have shuttered permanently because of uh covid19 so when you come and you expect to go to buzz's steakhouse in kailua or the kitchen on maui i mean you should really do some research uh to know ahead of time if your hotels are open or going to be open 
if the restaurants you love to go to are going to be open. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've seen a lot of, um, a lot of permanent business closures, um, especially for like businesses that have been around for a long time. Um, you know, that a lot of visitors have, you know, known for a long time. Um, for example, like, yeah, Buzz's Steakhouse, that's a huge one. Um, in Haleiwa, there's a, the North Shore Soap Factory, not the one in, um, not the one in the sugar mill, but the one in actual Haleiwa town that right. I'd always seen visitors coming in and out of. Um, they're closing permanently. Um, the glass blowing art gallery in Haleiwa also closing permanently. Yeah, there's been a lot of restaurants that have decided to close permanently that I think visitors are familiar with, like Top of Waikiki, that um, rotating oh, um, restaurant. I didn't know that, that, really? Yeah, they've closed permanently. Nobu Honolulu closed permanently, too. That was kind of earlier in the... Like, Lique Drive-In. My heart and soul. Oh, stop. We talked about this like 17 episodes ago already. I'm going to keep talking about it. It's oh, so sad. God. What a classic. Their sign's still up. You know, that really bums me out when the oh, sign okay, is well, still up. Just are you says, done? It just says like in. They can't even, <laughs> they're not even going to fix it anymore. There was a, okay, there was a Yelp survey done recently um, that revealed that nine of every 1,000 businesses in Hawaii were permanently closed. And that's one of the highest rates in the country. It's just good to know this because, you know, we, I mean, our beaches obviously are the same and our hiking trails are the same. And there's lots of, you know, beauty still in Hawaii and coming here is never a bad idea, but it has changed. You know, yeah. there are a lot of businesses that have closed. Um, it's, it's just not the, it's not the same. Yeah. And you know, a lot of, um, festivals as well. Um, if you were going to come for specific festivals or, um, events, you know, where there's right. pretty much no events happening in on Oahu right now, um, because we can't have big crowds because, you know, social distancing and COVID regulations. Um, right. for example, the, the Nahoku Hanohano Awards, well, I guess this goes up on Monday. So that actually just happened over the weekend. Um, and normally that's like a big in-person event that you can get tickets to and you can watch these really talented local musicians perform live. Uh, but that was actually all pre-recorded and is just being played on TV and streamed on the internet. And that's kind of what Hawaii events and festivals are right now. So you're, yeah. you know, the, has, I, I just got an email about the marathon going virtual. I was like, oh, that's interesting. The Honolulu Marathon. Um, I mean, what do you, like, do you just run around your house or something? I don't know. We did something like that for um, Honolulu family. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, that's what it's going to be. But, you know, there is something to, you know, part of the, you've never done the marathon, right? Part of the excitement is being in the crowd. You know, it's like being part of a of people running you know, 26 miles. I don't know. And just like the Okinawan festival went online this summer and that's a huge ethnic festival here on Oahu. And it's just not the same, you yeah, know, definitely. Um, that I feel like that should just be like underneath our pre-travel testing program just says Hawaii. It's just not the same, you know, cause it's not, um, even, um, yeah. another major festival, uh, for visitors and for locals, the Honolulu city lights, um, will be vastly different this year. There will be no opening night ceremony. There will be no electric light parade. Um, they will still have the ornaments on display, but um, you know they're really asking people not to gather. Um, 
And I think another really important thing to remember is that it's what it's, it's not the same and it, it can change too, um, for the better and for the worse. Um, you know, it, right now we're in tier, tier one, hopefully, you know, we can reach our full opening. Everything's back to normal tier four, but if we get more cases, if we get more infections, um, you know, we could see this whole pre-travel testing program just go out the window. Um, nothing set in stone. Um, you know, and I think our, our government officials are going to try just respond to um, an increase in cases um, in like the safest way possible. I think that's kind of what we've seen so right. far. Right. I mean, that's why it's so important to follow the rules. You know what I mean? Please. It's very important. Like if you're traveling to be responsible, to get the COVID test done to, and if you didn't get a COVID test to quarantine for 14 days, I mean, it's not worth it. I mean, I, I get it. I think in the very beginning of COVID, I remember we were all in the office and we saw all these like great deals, like to go to Australia or to travel to Japan. And um, it was so, you know, I, I, I get it. Like we're, there's all these cheap flights to Hawaii and you think, well, I want to take advantage of it. Um, but just keep that in mind. Like this is a health and safety, like global crisis, you know, and um, there are no vaccines right now and there's no cure for COVID. So, you know, just to be responsible and making choices when you come here and, you know, think about whether or not it's safe for you to travel as well. Um, and I think, I mean, I think these, you know, testing program could work, but it's just a matter of, you know, people being responsible and following, following the rules when they do get here. Yeah, please um, wear a mask. And wear a mask. And also what's really interesting is this is, you know, Oahu has been, I think Oahu is where most of these visitors will come because right now the other islands are unsure about how they're going to deal with this pre-testing program. It seems like they all want to support it. All the counties want to support it, but they're not sure how. Um, at first, Hawaii Island mayor decided not to. That was kind of the news story the going around. Was, right. That was and the that's, headline. That's, right. And that's changing because they do want to support the program but, you know, they're, they're talking about adding a second test upon arrival to Hawaii Island. Um, Maui and Kauai are doing the same thing. And in the case for Hawaii Island, they are seeing a surge in cases and deaths. So they're concerned. You know, they obviously want to, um, you know, stop the spread of coronavirus and feeling like if we open up too soon, um, that might just backfire. So, you know, the other counties are still kind of figuring it out, even though they're going to open in like, four days or three days. Yeah, well, yeah um, even, three days from this even podcast. We can't travel to the neighbor islands right now without having a quarantine. So these things are changing daily. So even by the time this is published, there'll probably be something new that we're going to have to report on. Yeah, pr probably. Um, yeah, everything is changing. Um, and I feel like, yeah, for, especially for the neighbor islands, um, you know, Oahu really has been the hotspot of COVID um, in Hawaii. Um, but, you know, the neighbor islands are starting to see certain surges coming their way. And I think that is, you know, a really scary thing for them um, because, you know, we've been getting hundreds of cases a day, but, you know, Big Island and Kwa'i and Maui have had much lower numbers. Um, so, yeah, it for them too, it'll be a very changing um, situation yep. as, it, as their officials also try to deal with, you know, an increase hey, in you're visitors. Gonna, you're going to kill me. I have to tell you something. What happened? No. What's wrong? So my battery went from 64% to 6% uh -oh. just now. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. I don't know. You know, I did plug in my light oh. to my laptop. 
as a battery. Oh, source. so that's I definitely going to take it. more. It's okay. You can find us at HortonMagazine.com. Uh, you can find us on all of our social media channels at Hawaii Magazine. Um, you can purchase, uh, but seriously, um, thanks, thanks everyone for listening. Um, we've got, we've got to run. Okay. We have a little bit of a timer. Um, but yeah, you can find us at, at HawaiiMagazine.com, all of our social media channels. You know, we will, I think Hawaii Magazine will also be trying to tell everyone what's happening the best way we can. We are not a news website, but we definitely want to provide people with the information, um, the correct information and timely information when it comes to traveling to Hawaii. Um, and hopefully you can use our website as a resource when you get here and when you're planning to travel here. Um, we have a lot of really great information. Everything will be in the show notes. Kat writes article at, articles at 4 a.m. Um, because she's a crazy person who doesn't sleep. So, um, you know, you can always come to whatyoumagazine.com to kind of find uh, the pertinent information. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's it. Anything you got to say before your, your laptop dies, Kat? Also, it went up to 80% just now. All right, well, I don't understand it. I just don't trust it anymore. Well, anyway, no, that's it. I mean, yeah, hawaiimagazine.com. Also, we just launched our Haunted Hawaii series oh, on yeah. YouTube. So uh, take a look at that every Friday. We'll have a short uh, story by Lopaka Kapanui, who's a storyteller in Hawaii and known for his ghost tours. So that's super fun. Um, we're just trying to make the most of it. So, yeah, just come to our website, our social media channels, our YouTube now, um, and just enjoy Hawaii from afar. And then we hope to see you guys when you do get here. Absolutely. Safely wearing a mask and social distancing. <laughs> Okay, everybody. Aloha.